Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Throughout this episode, I want to start off with sort of an overarching theme of what is it that we are hearing people say, and then, of course, what are we hearing people not say, and how what we are hearing people say, but more specifically, I think what we're not hearing people say is, is giving them away. And it's giving a number of individuals away, again, whether it be education, whether it be the medical industry, jab-related things, and then geopolitical issues as well. And I'll start with this one example. Again, there are many that, that I could bring up, and I'm going to bring up a number of different things, but bear with me here as I sort of gather my thoughts and, and continue to just sort of work down this line of, of thought here. But first of all, I, w- I would highly recommend that people check out Amazing Polly's video on the Sound of Freedom thing. She basically says everything that you've heard me say here. Uh, it's very well done. It's concise. It's about 35 minutes long, but she's right. She's 100% right. So I would I would encourage people to check that out because that right there is an example of what people are saying, and she highlights again what people are not saying and how that really does give certain individuals away as being suspicious, to say the least. But there's this overarching point here that I want to highlight right here at the very top, and it really is this. If you're having a conversation with someone or attempting to wake somebody up. And it, it, frankly, you know, at this stage of the game, I don't know how often that's, that's going on and how often that's taking place. But I think a place to start would simply be to look at them and say something like, Joe Biden is not the real president. Donald Trump is still the commander in chief. If you, if you say something like that to them, they would be forced to say, well, why is that the case? Or, of course, as we know, many of them wouldn't say anything and they would just walk away. Or they would just get quiet and not respond even with a question. If they don't respond with a question, you could look back at them and say, aren't you curious as to why I just said that? Now, this is assuming that they still have a curious bone in their body, which they may not, and many don't. And I've been over that at length as to why that's the case and the death of curiosity is the death of what makes us human. So if people stop asking questions and they aren't curious about anything, well, then they're doomed. I mean, they really don't have long for this world, certainly not in this day and age. But if you're going to lead someone down that path and provide them the most singular evidence that Donald Trump is still the commander in chief, as you've heard me say, of course, There's the entire January 6th thing that you could lead them down. How Donald Trump, again, specifically mentioned the Insurrection Act. I've written about that on Substack, too. That's that's a example you could bring up. But let me bring up a bunch of others. And specifically, again, regarding this question and this point that is factual, which, of course, is that he is the commander-in-chief and that He is in charge, and we are, in fact, watching a particular show take place. Is the endless evidence that we are seeing on a day in, day out basis where there is no way in hell that Republicans running for president would be allowed to do that conference thing, that friendship, family, leadership, whatever the hell it was, where they were on stage with Tucker Carlson? There's no way. 
that they would be allowed to do such a thing or anyone would advise them to do such a thing if, the, if those individuals were not controlled. Now, they could be controlled by bad people and their blackmailers and clearly saying, you're going to go here and do this and everybody's going to do it, which means you need to be there too. It's possible that that was the case. It's also possible that white hats were controlling these individuals and that they're all being controlled for the purpose of making Donald Trump look even better and making them look completely out of touch. Because of all of the clips that came out of that too, what were they not saying? What were the people on that stage not saying with Tucker Carlson? Keeping in mind, Tucker Carlson just days before was on someone's podcast and said that Donald Trump is going to go down as one of the best presidents of all time. In particular, the individuals who again know the other operations that are taking place and why things had to happen the way that they had to happen. If you take all of that into consideration, Tucker making that statement is pretty darn accurate, saving us from an, an even greater depopulation agenda that was already in place, even though many have gone on and participated in it. And as unfortunate as that is, there are consequences to individual action. That's always been the case. But with Tucker saying that on someone's previous podcast and then days later, being on stage and hosting all these individuals to a crowd that can openly react to their responses, why would those individuals running for president put themselves in a position like that? It seems beyond reckless. As I've said previously, it seems like a public relations nightmare. And, and what was going on during a lot of those talks, of course, and I'm not going to play the audio here because a bunch of it's in the war videos that, that I've put on Rumble and Bitchute, and I'm sure they've been making the rounds and everybody's seen them and heard them, but it's what they weren't saying. These individuals were not ask, they were not answering, rather, the direct questions that Tucker Carlson was asking. And their answers were pathetic. They were terrible. That right there, ladies and gentlemen, is part of the Great Awakening. That's a big, big deal. People have snapped out of the political climate where the politician seemed to be the person who knew the most. That's not the case anymore. It's the people who know the most. We, the people, are well-informed. We're on all of the right boards. We're on the right social media platforms. So much so that we can even see the hypocrisy and, uh, and individuals falling for particular things on even the most awake platforms that exist on the internet. But again, what is it that you can tell people to indicate to them that in fact Donald Trump is still the commander-in-chief and Joe Biden is not really in charge? What are the different signs that we can tell them? I think that Tucker that, that Tucker conference, that thing that just happened recently, hosted by The Blaze and a bunch of other people, that would be the most recent example. So let's go backwards a little bit. You had Joe Biden on the beach. Have you seen that footage of Joe Biden just stumbling around the beach and staring into the sun and lying on his back and whatever? No one is around him. There are people around him, but no one is coming up to say hello. Not a single person. And there's less than half a dozen Secret Service agents around him. Not to mention who's taking the footage of him. It's almost like the whole thing is staged. 
Today you're going to go to the beach. You're going to be filmed. This is what's going to happen. You can't stop it. You can't control anything. And then we'll tell you when it's time for everybody to leave. That's probably what took place. If Donald Trump were on the beach, people would be coming up to him saying hello. But we also know that Donald Trump wouldn't be on the beach with his shirt off, staring into the sun. Not because he's necessarily larger than Joe Biden or anything like that. But again, when was the last time before Joe Biden, you saw a president of the United States with his shirt off on the beach? Probably never. I mean, maybe Obama, but when he was president? Probably not. Certainly after he was president, but that wasn't the case. How about Trump at the UFC fight? Trump's visibility in general, isn't that kind of a dead giveaway? Taking into account his rallies, all of his speeches, even before he said that he was quote-unquote running again in 2024, all of that. Isn't all of the visibility something that no one has ever seen previously from a previous president? They normally just go away. How about the creation of Truth Social? How about that as an example, too, that you can point people to? When in the past, as a previous president created his own social media platform, when has that ever happened? It hasn't. It's remarkably popular. Lots of people use it. I have a truth page. It's American Education FM. I just throw the show up there. I really don't make too many comments, if any. But it doesn't matter. When has, when, when has a previous president ever done something like that? They haven't. That right there is a pretty dead giveaway. Uh, again, the, the White House cocaine stuff. It can't get more obvious. Was it planted there by somebody? Did Joe Biden and his crackhead son actually bring it in? Did somebody that they know bring it in? How long has it been there? The media cover-up of all of that. If the roles were reversed and that was Donald Trump, all hell would be breaking loose. They'd be impeaching him, but that's not happening. It's not happening with Joe Biden. Not to mention you hear the calls to impeach Joe Biden. It's evident that that could take place, except for the fact he's not really the president of the United States. That's kind of a dead giveaway right there, too. You can't impeach somebody who's not the president. They have to have been even a previous president. I think you can impeach them and remove their entire time from office, all of the things that they signed and approved, all of the positions that they, uh, th that they nominated that were selected for, whether it be a judgeship or something else. I mean, I believe all of those can become void long after the fact. But they're not even attempting to impeach Joe Biden because, again, he's not the president of the United States. How about Joe Biden in front of people all of the time, in particular children? Again, it would be a PR nightmare. Normally, people would control the entire crowd and not let children be anywhere near Joe Biden because everybody knows that Joe Biden has sexually assaulted endless people, raped countless people, in particular children. This is a well-known fact, dating back to even his own family members. This is well-known. So you would think that if he were really the president of the United States, the people around him would say, we're going to keep children as far away from him as humanly possible, but that's not happening. They're putting him in front of children with endless cameras around. Now, I'm not discounting people's ability around Joe Biden to be dead asleep or the public 
to actually like him and think that Joe Biden's a good guy and not a kid toucher and a pedophile. But from an optics standpoint, again, it's a public relations nightmare. They would want to normally, in the past, minimize that as much as humanly possible, but they're not doing that. He's being controlled. People will say, well, it's China controlling him. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's other individuals allowing him to say and do whatever he wants because he's out to lunch. He clearly has dementia. That's beyond evident. That, too, is a pretty dead giveaway, I think, also. It's, it's, it's another example. But again, it's all a PR nightmare. It's the job of the people around the president to diminish the opportunity for a PR nightmare to exist. And they happen constantly. They're happening on a daily basis. His entire security detail also. Look at Trump's security detail and look at Joe Biden's. They're not the same. Trump has more Secret Service, more Special Forces, more military around him than Joe Biden does. One of them is is in charge. The other one is not. Here's another example that you can, again, lead to anybody and, and, and ask anybody this question. Remember the footage of all of these military vehicles in the United States that were allegedly heading to Ukraine? You know, they're all sand-colored like they were fresh out of uh, Operation Desert Storm or something like that. But they're all sitting in this giant parking lot. And I remember the aerial footage of this from Disclosed TV. It's like a drone went over top and showed all of them. And this is all the military equipment going to Ukraine. Has anyone seen any U.S. military equipment in Ukraine? Because I haven't. In all of the footage that has existed of these Ukrainians riding around in a tank and getting their legs blown off by landmines, which I've seen that footage, and it's terrible. But has anybody seen actual United States military equipment in Ukraine? I haven't. I haven't seen any. Because again, Joe Biden can't authorize that. And he can't sign off on something from Congress if Congress authorizes that. All of that's illegal. Because if Donald Trump's the commander-in-chief, he's in charge. He's in charge of the military, and the military is in charge. They wouldn't send anything to Ukraine. So that hasn't happened either. All of that was just a giant fake story. So again, ask somebody, have you actually seen United States military equipment in Ukraine or be used in Ukraine? Because again, I just, I haven't. There's also, of course, from five plus years ago, the Q drops. That entire movement. When has that ever happened, ever previously in the history of our country? It's never happened. You could even look at someone and say, have you read any of those Q drops? Are you familiar with when the media has had has said, quote unquote, QAnon? And do you see how more and more people keep talking about it now that the Sound of Freedom thing is is in theaters and people are still still talking about it. Have you ever read any of those drops? I mean, the answer, again, among the the unknowing is going to be a resounding no. Now, we know there's no Q anon. There's just Q and then anons. But the point is, ask somebody if they've ever read those drops. And if they haven't, look at them and say, why? Why haven't you read any of those? Do you know how to find them? Do you know where they are on the internet? 
Again, that's never happened before in the history of our country. There is an operation taking place, and that is another giant piece of the puzzle that proves that that is happening. So when you have people like General Mike Flynn criticizing the people who read the Q drops and did the investigations within those drops and what they meant and what's going on, and and he makes fun of these people, and he does because I've played that audio on this show, he gives himself away. He's either a liar, a grifter, both. Of course, a grifter is a liar. Uh, or he's playing as many sides as he can to, to look favorable. But when you do that, you look like a hypocrite. So again, it's what people say and what they don't say that, that give them away. It's what we see and what we don't see that gives so much away here. The entire fake inauguration. There's another example. The entire fake inauguration of, in January 2021. When have you ever seen something so ridiculous in your entire life? It's absolutely outrageous. And again, it's right at face value. And a final example, if I was to bring up a final example, I would simply say, look at the crowd size. Look at the crowd size. When Joe Biden gives a talk, he's not giving a talk to Americans. He's giving a talk to bureaucrats. And it's usually a rather small crowd. But when Trump gives a talk, the room is filled with Americans, not bureaucrats. Yeah, there's a bunch of con artists who show up to his speeches and, you know, people that I've criticized and people I don't care for, but that's, that's a glaring difference. So that's, that, that's one of my overall points with that particular point of who's really in charge. The fact is, is we are living through a time that we've never lived through before ever. Nothing, nothing previous is anything like we, what we are experiencing now. And there's ample evidence to prove that that's the case. Now, what does that mean for 2024 and, and this upcoming election next year? What does it really mean? It means the bad guys are still around. They are. They're going to try something. They're going to do something in order to distract or delay an election or postpone it uh, or just cancel it outright. Then again, there's a prevailing theory that the white hats are so in control that it's not going to matter who runs against Donald Trump, how many you know fake criminal charges they throw his way or try to put him in jail for this that or the other that he's going to win no matter what. And when he does, then it's game on. Because again, he's openly stating and openly coming out publicly in his speeches that he's going to put people in jail. Uh, enact revenge, you know, I'm your retribution candidate, you name it, that he's going after government. Who in the past has ever said such a thing? No one. No one in the past, no politician in the past has ever said such a thing. No, no person who was previously president of the United States and in the public eye among the asleep looks like he's not the president when in fact it's pretty obvious that he is. So I'm going to stop there before I keep rambling. My whole point is, is that there's, there's ample evidence that there are endless things taking place. There's ample evidence that there's proof that things are a particular way and not another way. And that's remarkably important to continue to pay attention to. In fact, I'm going to bring up this last example. And it was an excellent example, perfect example. The military individuals out there know this to be true also. 
And Derek Johnson was one of these people who pointed this out, and he's ex-Army. And even Dave on X-22 report brought this up. It's undeniable. They showed a picture of a woman who was claiming to be Army, carrying what was told was Joe Biden's nuclear football in that giant you know, leather bag thing. And they said, well, this is the person who's walking around Biden pretending to be carrying some nuclear football. The woman's uniform doesn't match up to regulation uniform. And Derek Johnson went through it piece by piece and said, this little thing doesn't belong here. This little metal, it doesn't mean anything. This, this arm patch isn't even supposed to be there. This isn't an army regulation uniform. Not to mention, I'll add this too, when you've seen individuals in the past walk around with the the, uh, supposed nuclear football or the codes or the launch codes or whatever the hell, okay? When they do that, and I think a lot of that's a con job too, but when they do that, when in the past has it been a person wearing a uniform? Normally, it's a person in a suit. That person has guns on them, of course, and the guns are not visible, but it's never really a person in a uniform walking around or behind or in front of the president of the United States. It's a person in a suit. It's either military dressed in a suit or it's secret service dressed in a suit. It's not a person in a military uniform looking the way that they look while carrying that leather bag. That's that's usually not the case. Certainly hasn't been in the past, so why all of a sudden would it be this way now? I think that these I think that all of these visual clues or cues, however you want to however you want to put it, are being shown to us on purpose because they know that the critical thinkers are looking at particular things at face value and saying that doesn't look right. That doesn't smell right. There's too much experience here. There's too much experience across the United States. Social media has too many people tied into one another. There's no way that you can't there's no way you're going to have Critical thinkers on social media looking at things at face value and saying this smells. I mean, that's going to happen, and that is happening. But these are the clues, again, that I think you can clue anybody into if they were curious as to who is really in charge and who is not. As I've said a thousand times before, sometimes people just don't care. They're so self-absorbed and wrapped up in what they're doing in their own lives that they don't care that they're walking through a lie that they're walking right through a matrix where they believe particular things to to exist when in fact they do not. And you can't necessarily help that. Again, I fully understand that sometimes they would have to initiate such a conversation where you could point them to a singular example of what's actually happening at face value and ask them if they've seen this or not and then tell them this is your clue, it should be your clue, that things are not the way that you think that they are. Again, they may not even stick around for such a conversation, and most wouldn't, and many won't. But the point is, is that there are clues everywhere that things are not the way that they seem. And this is a good thing for us, because if we're pointing out some of these more obvious things and saying to ourselves, wait a minute, this has never happened before previously ever. All those examples I just listed, all of those things have never happened previously. That right there, I think, is your largest red flag and one of the largest bullet points that you could bring up to anybody. When has this ever happened previously before ever? And the answer is, is it hasn't. So that's kind of a dead giveaway. But I want to keep this going 
And I'm going to stretch this, of course, into education and then throughout the jabs, because I've got some audio that I want to play a little bit later, too. Peter McCullough, again, I got a little bit of audio from him, too. You know, he was on Alex Jones the other day, said some interesting things. But again, it's what he doesn't say that gives him away. It's what he doesn't say that gives away where his agenda exists. And he's now in the business again of trying to make money. And I hope he's helping people, and I'm certain that he is. But he still believes things that are not real. He's using particular names of things that don't, that certainly contradict numerous other doctors who are at the forefront of figuring out what's really going on with people. And I, I thought it was a bit of an interesting interview, but um, he even has new protocols out that he suggests that people take. Uh, budesonide, for example, he says, don't, don't use budesonide anymore, um, which is something that you would, it's a liquid that you would nebulize. It's a prescription. But they're claiming that, that that's not the thing to take. He's also saying don't take Qcertin anymore, that, Q that there are better things to take instead of Qcertin, like uh, bromelain. He says he suggests using bromelain. He gives the unit of measurement and all of that other stuff. So you can go on Rumble and check out his interview last week with Alex Jones. It was about 40-some-odd minutes long where he runs through all of that. But I might play a little bit of audio from him in a, in a little bit here because, again, he kind of... Uh, it's not that he steps in it. He just says things that, again, don't seem legit. And it's, of course, what he's not saying. It's what people don't say, and it's what, again, people like him in his position aren't saying that sort of give away either an underlying agenda or they're trying to control a narrative or whatever it may be. Because, again, as we know, science is not consensus, and consensus is not science. They are not the same thing. and. You know, if he's more interested in getting published or more interested in, in talking about how a publication has been pulled, which, by the way, I read that publication here on the show uh, last week or the week before that ended up getting pulled regarding autopsies and examining the autopsies of individuals and, and what was the cause of their death that was, of course, jab-related, but the vast majority were heart-related. Well, he's not talking about, you know, the the nanoparticle blood clots, which aren't normal blood clots. He doesn't spend a lot of time on that. There's a number of other things he doesn't spend a lot of time on, if any time. So just throwing that out there, again, I'm not knocking the guy. I'm simply saying that there are just things that he won't talk about. And as you've heard me say, he'll never bring up the fact that viruses aren't real, that it's just poison. People poisoning themselves on a constant basis. That's the, that's the problem as to why individuals get wrecked DNA. And then when you have wrecked DNA, your body doesn't operate the same way that it used to or the way that God intended it to. And then they end up getting sick and they just think, well, it's because I have a, a virus in me. Well, you have dead cells that you can't get rid of because of your broken DNA from being poisoned. That's it. So I'll play a little bit of audio from that a little bit later. Also have some Simone Gold information as well, because she's back at it again, and in complete denial, because she's a psycho. So there's that. Um, okay, education-related stuff, a couple of big things here. First off, let me get into this. This is from LifeSite News. This right here again, right up my alley. You know I've beat this dead horse more times than I can count. And this is more proof that actually these parents who are consistently protesting schools, wh whatever kind of school it is that's pushing all of the, 
alphabet soup bullshit ideology. The more they protest, the more foolish they look. All they have to do is pull their children out permanently and walk away and make the school bankrupt. That's it. That's the fastest way to end all of this. Because all they're doing is shouting like brainwashed goons right at the face of their enemy and asking their enemy to change their ways. And that's not going to happen. This is titled Stop Brainwashing. It's ironic, but there you go. Stop Brainwashing Windsor Parents Protest LGBT Ideology After School Board Passes New Gender Policy. It says, Leave Our Kids Alone. Over 150 protesters chanted in front of MPP Lisa Gretzky's office. This is Windsor, Ontario. Uh, yelling again, protesting the agenda. It says on July 10th, pro-family protesters clashed with LGBT activists as residents protested the Greater Essex County District School Board's controversial gender policy and decision to ban the public from board meetings. Now, I'm not going to get any further than the article because it doesn't require that. The point is, is that if the parents consistently send their children to these environments, then they deserve everything that's coming their way. They have it coming. These are degenerate environments. These are criminal organizations. We know this. Protesting, filing lawsuits, threatening people with, with paperwork, etc., etc. These are all cards that have been played. And, and it's had an impact some places, and it's galvanizing people, which is great. The fastest way is to pull your children out permanently. It's that simple. Homeschooling is legal in Canada. You can do it. It's not impossible. If your child can read and write, they can teach themselves. You've heard me go over this time and time again. It just continues to look foolish, I think, on the part of parents who are consistently, again, yelling at the face of their enemy, expecting their enemy to change their ways. That's not going to happen. These individuals globally are doubling down on their policies. They're crushing their own line of work. So why don't we just help them? Why don't we help them cease to exist? They're not smart enough to understand that the policies that they're pushing are going to lead to their demise. These are not bright people. So again, why send your children to these environments where the enemy doesn't even know that they're in the process of destroying themselves with your child caught in the middle? That's my two cents, but you've heard me say it time and time again on this show. And uh, yeah, there's really no, no need to hit at it again. I just wish that uh, the stories would be I wish that the headlines and the stories would be more catered around something like this. 100 parents and all their children leave a local school district, causing the school district to be in financial straits. Something like that. Or financial decline or you know, whatever headline you want. That needs to be the headline, though. Mass exodus occurs. That needs to be the headline. Not parents protest against this. Parents protest against that. It had its place. It had its time. It was appropriate a couple years back, but here we are, the middle of 2023, and that's still happening. So, yeah. There's also this. Again, more evidence. This is from Gateway Pundit. California implementing new K-12 mathematics framework based on social justice. 
How many times has a headline like that existed in the past 10 years? So much so to the point where you would think that a headline like that hits the, hits the mainstream now, and that would be your red flag. That would be your green, your green flag too, that it's time to hit the accelerator and get out of that environment permanently. But again, it's, it's just more evidence of the collapse and more evidence that the people doing this and implementing this have no idea they're destroying themselves and that they are the laughing stock. It says California will officially adopt a new equity and social justice-based mathematics framework for its K-12 schools after a vote from the State Board of Education on Wednesday. After multiple revisions and years of development, the board unanimously passed the 2023 Mathematics Framework for California Public Schools, which seeks to renew the state's, quote, commitment to ensuring equity and excellence in math learning for all students. Now, as you would expect, this is also race-related. They're going to do whatever they have to do to make sure that everybody's getting the exact same math problem at the exact same time and that that math problem is remarkably easy for everybody to do because if it's not, you're going to see differences in achievement and that's not what they want. They've seen Asian and white students outperforming Hispanic and black students time and time again. And the people in California don't like this. It says the 1,000-page document, which has seen three revisions and two public hearings, aims to, quote, structure the teaching of the state's math standards around big ideas that integrate rather than isolate math concepts, allow students to see themselves in curriculum and in math-related careers by making math instruction culturally relevant and empowering, and instill confidence in learners by dispelling myths about who can and cannot learn math. And then, of course, it says this is completely unfair to students. Well, yes, it's unfair to everyone. Because now the school teacher who just wanted to teach math for a living can't. Now they have to teach ideas and feelings around numbers, which is absurd. So they're purposely being gaslit. They're being psychologically manipulated. They're being dumbed down. And this, of course, defines the entire profession now. This is it. It's just gaslighting across the board. You're gaslighting everyone from the administrators, the employees, to the students, to the parents who are willing to accept it, and all the way back up the ladder again. Year after year after year, it is official. The most brainwashed individuals attend school in California. This is more evidence of that. And I have even more evidence of that right now, as a matter of fact. I'm going to read this article, and this will lead us right into the jab-related stuff. There are, of course, numerous uh, colleges and universities across the United States that are still mandating the jabs. Most of those are in California. The vast majority are in California to this day. There are exactly 26 colleges and universities that still mandate the shots, and a lot of those universities in California of those 26 mandate a booster shot. They're wiping out their students. That in order to attend, you have to have two shots and a third. Now, I have to bring it up again, too. You know, this is the consistent theme throughout this episode, but 
this right here should have been and should still be on a day-in and day-out basis anyone's evidence that something else is going on here, that there's something else happening. When in the past has a university setting mandated or told people that you have to take, again, they're misinterpreting the word mandate, but you get what I'm saying. They think it means mandatory. It doesn't. But in order to attend, you have to have three shots of a thing for which no one can name what the ingredients are. Your average person certainly cannot, and your asleep person certain, certainly can't. But the, the simple fact that that exists as a thing, and I might add that it exists in California more than anywhere else, that that isn't suspicious that something else is taking place here. That something far more serious and far more nefarious is going on. You would think that someone would think about that for five minutes out of the day instead of just blindly sending their kid right into a buzzsaw of a biological weapon. It's, 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 it's mind boggling. But this comes from William M. Briggs, statistician to the stars, it says. WMBriggs.com. The article is titled, Why Universities Are Still Shrieking in Hysterical Fear and Mandating Student Vaccination. I'm going to skip down a little bit because there is this Google Doc, uh, which I've put on Gab, and anybody can go over there and check it out. But it has all of the universities listed in alphabetical order. It shows exactly which ones are still mandating the jabs. And there's one rather suspicious thing is that on some of these universities, it claims that they never had a jab mandate, when in fact we know that they did. So there's something taking place here which would indicate, again, if this document is real, this Google, uh, this, uh, Google document is real, is that endless universities that were mandating them are now backtracking to the point where they're saying that they never mandated them that they never had a jab mandate in place ever. Well, we know that that's not true. In fact, one of them was, the, was Marshall University. I've had Dr. Robin McCutcheon on here numerous times. We're good friends. She's openly said, yeah, their website said, you have to take these unless you fill out a medical or a religious exemption. Or medical exemption, it may have just have been. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Point is, their university website, their own website, had it on there that you had to take these shots in order to attend. And as she's brought up on this show numerous times, endless students took them. But on this document, it claims that there was never one in place for Marshall University. That's not true. In fact, this entire document, frankly, is, uh, is really interesting and, and quite a head-scratcher. Not because it's inaccurate. It isn't. It's very thorough. Let me give you just a few more examples here. Ohio State University, it says that currently there's no vaccine mandate. And then it's, it has an entire category. It's basically like a Excel spreadsheet, but it says for fall 2023, and then it says no. And then you keep going down, and it says when was the prior mandate, and did they have a prior mandate? And it says yes, they did. It says prior mandate. And then it says the approximate end of their previous mandate was April 24th of this year. And then it continues on with more dates, and it says the last time that they checked was in May of this year. 
And then they have links to the website, which clearly state that there is no mandate in place. Now, take all of that into consideration and the simple fact that endless students, including staff members, all took it years ago when, in fact, no one has to take it now. Which means how many people has Ohio State University and all these other universities, how many people have they killed? How many people have they made permanently ill? What is the actual death toll of college age and university students as a result of the mandates over the last two years? Because if you recall, it was the fall, it was the beginning of the school year in 2021 when they came out with their mandates. And you may remember, again, they forced students to take them within a very short period of time, that you had to have three shots any time between the beginning of 2021 until October or November of 2021 in order to continue to attend that university. Which means, theoretically, if you wanted to attend Ohio State University, you had to be boosted. Now, they don't have that listed here, but they have endless other colleges and universities on this list from every state, and many of them required boosters. Ohio Wesleyan College in Delaware, Ohio, very familiar with that university or that college. I've been on the campus numerous times. My brother used to live there uh, with his wife, and uh, my sister-in-law graduated from there. They, they made mandatory a booster shot to attend, and it's still in place. It's still in place. Oberlin College in Ohio, you have to have a booster to attend. Wooster College, you have to have two doses, but no booster to attend. Again, what is it that these colleges and universities who, who were mandating it and forcing it on people and killing them, of course, and making them sick and everything else, what is it that they don't see now regarding all these other universities and colleges removing these jab mandates, what are they not paying attention to? And then, of course, what are they paying attention to? Again, their, their actions and their words here are giving them away that they're out to lunch on this entire thing. Now, they're all out to lunch. All these colleges and universities have lost their minds. They're murderers, for God's sakes. But the ones that are still keeping these things in place are continuing to murder their clientele, and they don't seem to care. And these are not necessarily the largest colleges that exist. I mean, it, they tend to be private. I think Wooster is private. Certainly, Ohio Wesleyan is. I think Oberlin is too. These are all private colleges. But it's unbelievable. Miami University, it says there's no vaccine mandate. And it says, yes, there was a prior mandate. And when did they do away with theirs at Miami University in Oxford, Ohio? They did away with theirs. Uh, February 27th of this year, Ohio Dominican University, they had a prior mandate, but they did away with theirs in, ironically enough, they did away with theirs in January of 2022. That's an interesting time to do away with a mandate. Maybe they got rid of it because they started to see all of their staff members and students either not show up anymore or die off or get sick or their enrollment plummeted like most of these places. Here's what this article says, though. It just kind of continues. And, you know, it's, uh, 
it's written by this individual and they're name calling and they're doing all this other stuff. And, you know, they call out Harvard. They say Harvard, ground zero of toxic academia, still has a mandate. Why? It says the anticlimactic answer, sorry, friends, no deep analysis today, is that they are the center of toxic academia. They have the most experts, quote unquote. This means two things. The first is that you must never forget that expert that expert calls to expert. Experts never question experts in other fields except over trivia. To question an expert is to be a denier. Academic experts, quote unquote, when they consider questioning another expert, have a terrible fear of being ostracized, but mostly they don't think of questioning other experts. He continued and he said, incidentally, I wonder how many academic experts would rather choose suicide than have her colleagues call her a denier. It says Harvard, therefore, at the pinnacle, must hold on to expert pronouncements rather, about the miracle of masks and vaxes. It doesn't matter whether the experts are theirs, i.e. Harvard's, or they are from elsewhere in high toxic academia or even from the government itself. It's as we saw last week that the White House still requires vaxes and masks for the unvaxed. Harvard can, go, can let go when the White House does, basically. But the White House looks to Harvard, since the people who staff the White House want to be thought of as intelligent. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's pointing out the hypocrisy. He's pointing out what on earth are these people paying attention to? And they're holding on to their hubris. They're holding on to any any title or belief that they are in the right. When in fact, it's beyond evident now that all of these universities are losing their mandates because they've destroyed themselves as a business. They're completely uncredible. They weren't credible before this. But in March of 2020, when they all closed their doors and sent everybody home in a mass panic, that if we're all around each other, we're all going to get sick. Wow. Joke's on them. Now they're all jabbed. And now they're all around one another. And they got played. They got played to death. And it's too bad. I mean, it really is. But these institutions, again, as I've said on Gab and I've said here before, when they start to close their doors permanently and that becomes its own headline, then you're going to know that we're winning. You're going to know that the enemy is losing. And that we are winning because, again, they're, they're not going to have a choice. You can't have a university if no one's there. That leads me to this. Again, full jab stuff now. I wanted to read this. This is a post on greatawakening.win. Well done. Nice summary of, of what's going on regarding the jabs and how, again, this is depopulation. Now, this right here, too, is one of those words that you're going to hear a number of people completely avoid. The Peter McCulloughs of the world, are never, you're never going to hear him say, this is a depopulation agenda. This is being done for the purpose of wiping out human beings. He's not going to say that, which again means that he's staying in his own comfortable lane, doing what he's doing, and he'll go on a show like Alex Jones, who will say depopulation, but you'll never hear McCullough say it himself and say it is beyond evident that there is a depopulation agenda taking place. And, and this, of course, has to be continuously brought up and certainly stopped wherever it can be. But this is titled the following. 
overwhelming proof that the COVID-19 pandemic was officially planned out and executed by the U.S. federal government and other state actors. Now, this is repetitive. We know this. I've been over the documents. Those documents are on my website. You can see all of that. This is, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here with this, with this post, but it says the following. Quote, it says, this hard scientific evidence shows that not only was the COVID-19 bioweapon meticulously bioengineered over several decades, its stealthy release was coordinated with several conspiring nations, especially throughout the Zio-Anglo-American Axis sphere of influence. Clearly, the ultimate intention was the global administration of an exceedingly injurious and often lethal COVID-19 injection in order to depopulate planet Earth. Of course, there is also volumes, there are also rather volumes of highly authoritative data info that demonstrate the explicit intent to commit genocide against the American people as well as against other traditionally white Christian nations. There's only one global crime syndicate and malevolent secret society that possesses both the prodigious power and pervasive influence to carry out such a capital crime spree against all of humanity and effectively cover it up. And then it says, see the following, the, the world wars and all other cataclysmic rather events were carried out by the triad. It says, in light of these highly consequential statements of historic fact, supported with incriminating documentation, it's absolutely imperative that every attorney working on this case be made aware of the covert, quote, American domestic bioterrorism program, unquote, delineated in great detail below. Therefore, we ask our great SOTN patriots to post and send out this link everywhere and anywhere. It says, bottom line, quote, there's no more definitive and legal airtight body of evidence that verifies a highly organized conspiratorial plot to perpetuate both mass murder and injury against the American people. Hence, every single injured and aggrieved party ought to be aware of this extensive and irrefutable, irrefutable report. Thank you for disseminating this vital report far and wide. Now, what they're referring to regarding this report stems from this website, which I've actually read on the show before and highlighted on the show before. It's titled The Burning Platform. But in this particular article that I just read from, they highlight a video, which I've also put out on Gab, which is titled The Depopulation Agenda, The Plan to Kill You and Your Family. This, of course, comes from Catherine Watt at Bailiwick News, and she has her own substack as well. She's the one who's helped put together a lot of these government documents that clearly show that governments are involved in this and that they have a plan to wipe people out. That this continues to be a thing that exists. This is, this is ongoing. This is continuing to take place. This isn't going away. And, uh, and it's evident. So... I'm not sure what else I can say. I've brought uh, I've brought this up numerous times before, but I just wanted to bring that to your attention again. I highly recommend checking that out on your own time. Certainly, the video if you're if you're curious. But it, again, it's titled "The Depopulation Agenda: The Plan to Kill You and Your Family." There are people that again trust government. It blows me away. Absolutely blows me away. You know, the government told them to wear a mask and take a shot. They did it. And then government told them that they didn't have to wear a mask and take a shot anymore. And they said, thank you, government. 
It's just, it's just, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But the evidence is overwhelming. It is here. And uh, that's just another reference for you if you are interested in that. Here's another story. This again, this is indicative of the much larger picture as well. What are people saying and what are they not saying? What, do, what, what does the action look like and what does it not look like? I know for a fact that Stu Peters has brought this up on numerous occasions, and he's had people on his show from Florida and from numerous Florida counties who are trying to get these shots labeled as bioweapons and then removed from the county. This right here is a victory in that regard. This is from leadingreport.com, and it is titled, Florida County Passes Vote Deeming COVID-19 Vaccine is a Bioweapon by Patrick Webb. And there you go, because it is, by definition, a biological weapon. This is undeniable. If people can read vocabulary words and their definitions, this is not a vaccine. This is, even vaccines are biological weapons because nothing in the vaccine helps anybody prevent anything. It just makes them ill. You've heard me go over this before. That's the history of the entire story. That's the con job. That's the fairy tale that gets people into buying into this. Now, what's interesting is that it took the citizens in this county to do this and to bring this to the attention of city council and other individuals. This wasn't coming from the state down. It was coming from the local level up. And again, their Surgeon General is named Dr. Joseph Ladapo. This guy, again, he's taken a backseat to a lot of this. He's come out and said, look, you know, you can make your own decisions. We, we just don't think that they need to be forced on people. Well, he's right, but it's way worse than that. It's way worse than that. It's a weapon designed to kill people. This article says, quote, on a contentious proposition to vote on the COVID-19 vaccine being a bioweapon, the Brevard County Republican Executive Committee, the BREC, has voted and the results are in. Leaders of the group have written the initial copy of a letter they intend to send to Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis and other state representatives urging them to outlaw the COVID-19 mRNA vaccinations there and, of course, do it statewide. It says the Space Coast Republicans have a strong voice in the state. Brevard County, which includes Cocoa Beach and the Kennedy Space Center, is Florida's 10th largest county by population. It says the Florida's grand jury looking into the COVID-19 vaccines is mentioned in the letter. In order to investigate the vaccine rollout and determine whether any crimes were committed, Governor DeSantis urged Florida's Supreme Court to appoint a grand jury in December. That plea was granted by the Supreme Court. Since grand jury proceedings are highly confidential by design, it is uncertain how long, I'm sorry, it's uncertain how far along the grand jury's inquiry is. It says in his request for the grand jury, DeSantis wrote, quote, Florida law prohibits fraudulent practices, including the dissemination of false or misleading advertisements of a drug and the use of any representation or suggestion in any advertisement relating to a drug that an application of a drug is affected is effective rather when it is not it says the letter from the brec goes further citing research on the use of vaccines as a means of disseminating bioweapons and explains why the organization's officials believe the vaccines are ineffective 
Now, I'm going to say this. Do I trust a grand jury necessarily, Certain, certainly one that's been put together by Ron DeSantis in the state of Florida to call these biological weapons? No, I don't. However, if it does go through and they are categorized as biological weapons and DeSantis signs something that says we're getting rid of all of these shots, which he may do, even as a political stunt in order to garner favor with Floridians, which he should do, that right there should tell every Floridian who took these shots, what in the ever-living hell did I just do to my body? What did I do to myself? Because that will also, of course, make national news. You can't hide that. That'll make national news. Everyone nationwide will see that Florida has done away with it, which then means what? What are you going to start seeing county by county, state by state? Are they going to do the exact same thing? Are they going to bring this information to the medical industry and their local county health departments and say, you have to get rid of this in our county because look what Florida just did? And can, of course, you trust those local county health departments to comply and follow through with actually getting rid of these shots? This fight is going to continue. I'm telling you what, it really is going to continue. I applaud these these citizens for putting together this evidence and gathering all of this evidence and bringing it to their county to then, of course, bring it higher up the ladder, so to speak. But ladies and gentlemen, you know, there's a lot of ticks here and they're all dug in deep. And having them backtrack on something like this is an admission that these shots are killing people. And there are endless individuals who are still refusing to admit that that these shots are a biological weapon and are killing the people who take them and making them permanently ill. Now, I've been over that too, and even the five docs were discussing this on their last episode just between Dr. Tenpenny and Dr. Pilevsky, but they were bringing up what I've brought up on the show, which is I, I, highly, I highly doubt the placebo impact of these shots and the simple fact that the likelihood of individuals rather not taking a placebo is indicative in the number of shots that were required. And then, of course, the medical impact that those shots have had on people. See, in many cases, you would have a person take one shot and they would say, well, I didn't feel anything. My arm was sore, but other than that, I was fine. No, no ill effects. But if they took a second shot, they almost always had ill effects which means they got the real deal. And if they took a third shot, what are the odds of them receiving a placebo in the third shot? I would say next to zero. They've already hit themselves once with something that they've never injected into their bodies before ever. So the likelihood of a person being double or even triple jabbed walking around and and they haven't had any ill effects is slim and none, and slim left town. That was part of the entire scheme. Part of the entire scheme, as I've said before, was to get as many shots in as many individuals as humanly possible with a multi-shot schedule. You know, wear a mask, get your booster, all that stuff that Fauci would say even under oath. That that constant push, again, you would think that that would would, uh, raise people's suspicions that, wait a minute, this has never happened before. Perhaps we should not participate. But coercion is, a, is one hell of a drug in itself. And that right there ensnared endless people. So 
this is continuing to happen. Here's another quick headline before I play some audio here from Peter McCullough. This was uh, from the expose. It says Pfizer lied and one million Germans died in less than a year due to COVID vaccine-induced acquired immune deficiency syndrome, according to secret government data. It says official data shows that Germany recorded just under 1 million deaths between week 1 and week 49 of 2022. This sadly resulted in the country suffering over 102,000 excess deaths. This represents a 276% increase on the number of excess deaths recorded in the year 2020, which was the alleged height of the COVID-19 pandemic says, and prior to the emergency use authorization of COVID-19 injections. Does this prove that the COVID vaccinated uh, did go on to develop acquired immune deficiency syndrome as predicted in an official report published by the Robert Koch Institute? Unfortunately, the evidence strongly suggests this is the case. Pfizer lied, causing fully vaccinated Germans to develop COVID-19 vaccine-induced AIDS which then contributed to 976,838 Germans losing their lives. There's the paper that highlights it, more charts. Again, the expose is remarkably, remarkably thorough. I want to hit on this too before I play some McCullough audio very quick, and I also have some Simone Gold stuff to get to also, so bear with me here. But earlier this week, this past week rather, you probably heard that In-N-Out Burger has done away with their mask mandates, and they have basically outlawed masks. They've said, you know, it's about customer service, and we want to see everybody's smiles and all of that stuff. They, of course, have left out the entire state of California regarding this. So this particular memo went out to Arizona, Colorado, Nevada, Texas, and Utah associates, and it says the following. I think this is rather interesting. It says, Dear Associate, we are introducing new mask guidelines that emphasize the importance of customer service and the ability to show our associate smiles and other facial features while considering the health and well-being of all individuals. We believe this policy will also help to promote clear and effective communication, both with our customers and among our associates. Our goal is to continue to provide safe and customer-centric store and support environments that balance two things that in and out is known for exceptional customer service and unmatched standards for health, safety, and quality. And yes, I'm sure that's what you're known for. It says, please find the details for our updated guidelines below, effective this upcoming August 14th of 2023. Here are the general guidelines. There's a medical note. There's compliance and enforcement, a policy review, and then local health authority guidelines. Under general guidelines, it says this, quote, no masks shall be worn in the store or support facility unless an associate has a valid medical note exempting him or her from this requirement. Associates who wear masks for medical reasons must wear a company-provided N95 mask. Note, a different type of mask may only be worn with a valid medical note exempting the associate from the N95 mask requirement. Now, first of all, I mean, you know, this is uh, this is a puzzle of retardation that it, that has pieces all over the table. N none of this is legitimate. Okay, they're saying you can't you, you can't wear a mask anymore, which is which is fine. 
but they're saying, but if you're going to wear one, you have to have a medical note, which is you can only wear the company-issued N95 mask. Jokes on them, of course. Masks are not medical devices in some states, and yet they're deemed medical devices in others. Even though on the box of all of these masks, it says, not a medical device. It clearly says on the boxes of these masks, not a medical device, do not wear for extended period of time because you will start to feel ill. So what exactly are they doing here? They're basically saying, if you think that you're dumb enough to still wear a mask or that you're dumb enough to still feel like you need to wear one because you have a medical condition, well, make sure you bring a note from your equally retarded doctor because they have to explain to us, because we're stupid also, that you need to wear one of these, which isn't a medical device in some states, but is, but clearly says on the box that it's not. <laughs> you see, you see what, you see just the back and forth, just the seesaw of stupidity. It's up, it's down, it's up, it's down. It continues, unfortunately. It says this policy applies to all store and support associate, associates rather working in Arizona, Colorado, Nevada, Texas, and Utah except associates who are required to wear masks or other protective gear as part of their job duties, i.e. patty room associates, lab technicians, painters, etc. It says all associates, regardless of whether or not they are required to wear a mask, are expected to maintain our grooming standards, proper personal hygiene and cleanliness to ensure a safe working environment for all. Here's their medical note. It says associates who have a specific medical condition or health concern that requires them to wear a mask must provide a valid medical note to their store manager, divisional manager, manager, or human resources. Without disclosing the medical diagnosis or confidential medical information, the medical note should clearly state the reason for the exemption that include the estimated duration if applicable. To the extent medical information is provided, oh my god, this is great, it will be treated with strict confidentiality and handed and handled rather in accordance with uh, applicable privacy laws, unquote. Again, they want the employee to get a medical note from their doctor that they have to wear a thing that's completely unnecessary. Talk about the tables turning. I mean, you, you can't make this up. They want them as a company now to get a medical note from their doctor that they have to wear a mask or that they need to wear a mask, which would imply that the mask would have to be proven to keep someone from getting sick, which we know that, doesn't, that does not happen. It's the exact opposite of what they were having people do and telling people they had to do years ago. But no one sees this manipulation? <laughs> it's just crazy. It's crazy. Compliance and enforcement. It says failure to comply with this policy may result in appropriate disciplinary action, up to and including termination of employment based on the severity and frequency of the violation. Translation, if you wear a mask, and you don't have a medical note saying you have to wear a mask now, we can fire you. See how the tables have turned here? Here's the policy review. This policy will be reviewed periodically to ensure its effectiveness and compliance with evolving health guidelines. Revisions to the policy will be communicated 
to all associates in a timely manner. Local health authority guidelines, it says, quote, This policy is subject to local health authority guidelines and regulations. In case of any conflicts or inconsistencies, the prevailing health guidelines will take precedence. It says, in addition, we will continue to evaluate and approve, where appropriate, reasonable accommodations for medical, religious, and other protected reasons for our grooming guidelines, unquote. This is, this is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. They've completely flipped the table upside down to the point where in order to wear a mask, and there will be dummies who will do it, they want you to have a medical, religious, or other protected reason as to why you need to wear a mask. Not not wear a mask, but actually wear one. Classic. It's classic gaslighting, is it not? Absolutely amazing. Okay. Peter McCullough. Here was part of his interview on Alex Jones. I'm going to play some audio. Again, pay attention to what he says and pay attention to what he is not saying. Word usage is key here. Give this a listen. People are coming to, uh, you know, I want to say a year or two ago, the medical system was promoting vaccines. Now, most of them are not promoting. They've moved to a period of silence. And I think the next stage is they're going to move to a phase of opposition. Most of the people in medicine took these shots. You know, Alex, if someone's following the CDC schedule right now, they're on their seventh shot, their seventh genetic shot every six months. This cannot be good for the human body. It's not good for the human body. We know with each shot from the CDC vSafe data, 7.7% chance they're going to end up in the ER or be hospitalized per shot. They don't get any safer the more they're taken. What was what was the reason for doing this? It was unbridled vaccine ideology. They simply would not look at the safety concerns, and they would only look at mass vaccination. You're right. October twenty second, twenty twenty, the FDA listed. Major side effects, myocarditis, blood clots, Guillain-Barre syndrome, multisystem inflammatory disorder, on and on and on. And it all came true. They knew this was going to happen. The FDA said this and still the organizations promoted it later on, you know, mandated this. I think the biggest news coming out now, Alex, is what Dr. Kevin McKernan has found with his independent analysis of what's in the vaccines. And this is stunning. Now we realize there's fragments of DNA in the vaccines. They come off the E. coli phase of manufacturing. It's very sloppy manufacturing. Well, listen quickly. Schmeling and colleagues have the Denmark data. Uh, one third of the batches, no side effects, nothing like a placebo. We found out that the Apollo Ringler Institute may have known this. They may have actually known there's nothing in it. Two thirds uh, caused some moderate side effects, 4.2% are the super risky batches. That's now proven. Senator Johnson sent a letter to the FDA from the VAERS data. They blew him off. Johnson was right. Now the Schmeling data show this. Kevin McKernan recently has found, besides variation in the amount of messenger RNA in it, there's contamination with cDNA. These are little fragments of DNA that come off the manufacturing process. And one of them, Alex, you're not gonna believe this, is SV40. SV40 is a known cancer-promoting segment of DNA, and yes, they're in the shots. 
Again, the interview is 47 minutes long, give or take, minus the commercials. He goes through a completely different protocol also. I, I'm, I'm not criticizing him. I'm simply saying this. What he just said about SV40 isn't new. That's simian kidney cells from monkeys. That's been, that's been well known for years and years now. That's not a new thing. So somebody publishing a paper on it and putting it out there, again, that's not a new thing. Uh, Dr. Judy Mikovits has spoken about that specifically. You have monkey kidney cells in almost all vaccines. It's the same thing with this. But again, you're not going to get McCullough to say depopulation agenda. You're, you're really never going to hear him say that. There are other things, again, that he says and things that he does not say in that interview. He, he'll go on and on about spike protein. He'll say, well, there's a lot of spike protein. There's a lot of spike protein. Part of that's already been completely, I don't want to use the word debunked because that's what leftists use, but you know what I'm saying. It's been discredited to the point where there isn't a spike protein per se. It's just the metal lipid nanoparticle self-assembling stuff that creates the blood clots, that that is really what the mRNA is, including the spike protein. Again, lots of different names I know, and it, gets, it, all, it all gets confusing. But there's something else that he doesn't talk about, which is the toxic blood and blood transfusions. You've heard me bring that up here with regularity, that that is a massive problem. That is something that someone in his position needs to be saying more often, that you should not be donating blood if you're jabbed. Hospitals should not be taking jabbed blood. The only people that should be donating blood are people who are unjabbed if they choose to do so. Because again, he speaks a little bit about the shedding, although kind of glosses over it. But the simple fact that people who have not been jabbed are around people who have been jabbed, and the unjabbed are getting sick from being around people who have been jabbed. That, of course, is electromagnetism. That's the only way that that happens. It's not coughing and sneezing on people. So I know that I'm repetitive on this, but again, I find it interesting that these, these medical doctors that are on these shows who claim to be a part of the quote-unquote freedom movement and the most awake, they're remarkably inconsistent in their messaging. I think that you're more likely to find more accurate medical doctors diving into this more specifically on, say, Stu Peters' program as opposed to maybe Alex Jones or even uh, those that associate with Peter McCullough. Certainly two doctors that we shouldn't be listening to whatsoever are Robert Malone and Simone Gold. These individuals uh, are neck deep in the grift and covering up their own tracks regarding their own involvement. Certainly Robert Malone, but uh, Simone Gold just continues to steal money and misappropriate it for countless things, which leads me now to this. Simone Gold. Renette Sunham has uh, has another article out in her substack, and it's not so much an article, it is her talking with Kevin Jenkins, who is the chair of AFLDS's oversight committee. He's basically in charge of America's frontline doctors. Now again, you would listen to Simone Gold talk, and she would lead you to believe that she's in charge. But there's just a few audio clips that I want to play from this, and the long or the short of it is this. Kevin Jenkins is now taking all of this evidence of misappropriation, fraud, misspending, et cetera, et cetera, and apparently taking it through the legal system and through the, uh, whatever you want to call it, the legal maze and trying to uh, uh, essentially make sure that Simone Gold does not get away with this. 
and again, thank God that Renette Sunum is covering this and sort of being a hub for a lot of this updated information, or else it would be lots of other different places and, and people might not hear about it. But I want to play a few clips here of, of Kevin Jenkins talking about some more of the evidence that he has. And again, me specifically, I find it very strange that Simone Gold has not brought up the fact that her uh, alleged gay boyfriend is going to jail for years. And he was convicted, and that's going to happen. But she's on Gab, or somebody's running her Gab her Gab page, and she hasn't spoken about it in the slightest. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, here's Kevin Jenkins talking about some more evidence that he's uh, discovered and what his plans are and what he plans on doing. So give this a listen. For those who don't have the background, so uh, it was actually in uh, 2021 that Simone Gold, who's considered the founder, though she was actually chosen for that position, of American Frontline Doctors, resigned because of her involvement with January 6th. She had to serve 60 days in a federal pen uh, penitentiary. And she ended up um, resigning. Then afterwards, when she was released again after her 60 days, claimed, oh, no, um, you did not pay me off one and a half million dollars. Therefore, I'm not off the board. I'm still the president. I'm still the chair. And this was taken to uh, court. She took it to court. Arizona judge determined, sorry, very clearly, you're not on the board any longer. You're not the president. You're not, you're not associated with American Frontline Doctors. And yet... She continued to go out there as she does today, every single day. I'm getting the newsletters as well. Say, oh, as president, I'm asking for more money. Please send us more money. I'm AFLDS. And what, we're, what people don't realize is these are, I mean, it's a host of criminality, uh, trademark violations, embezzlement, thievery, probably even RICO. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And now it went back to court again, very just recently. And once again, the judge again, for a second time determined you are not associated with AFLDS. But here we are. Well, and you know, the thing that I, I'm starting to say now, Renette, and, I, and you forgive me for this, but it's no longer her fault. It's the medical freedom movement's fault. We're co-signing her behavior. We're still allowing her to come on stages. Just recently at Mickey Willis's premiere, great opportunity to tell a great story about what's happening in this country and the things we have to struggle against. And also talk about how, you know, opposition, you know, opposition can infiltrate your organizations. You know, and I got to tell you something, I'm all for that. But when you have somebody that stole $30 million, when you have somebody that's living in a $4.5 million house, when you have somebody that's committing fraud every day, you don't show her as someone that's being attacked by some other group or the government. I'm not attacking her. Her behavior for, for me has just been outrageous. And I think that Mickey, who took money from her, and this is unfortunate because I don't think he knew this. He took money from her, stolen money from her that she's hidden from the, um, the organization, American Frontline Doctors, because she believes that it's her money. Right. So, so, so let's, let's go back to that. Right. So, so this is, and, 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 and I really respect the work that Mickey's doing. Oh, and course, I, I love it. What's happened here is that, but we know from the forensic audit and now, now because you're going to be going into receivership per the AFLDS's board's request to the court, we want to go into court order receivership to get to the bottom of this, which of course, uh, Simone was trying to negotiate something like, oh, let's not do that, but you're going to be doing that. So the reason why is she has absconded with 30, over $30 million plus some, and that money is now considered stolen property. One of the things I've been trying to do is warn people in the medical freedom movement and the patriot movement, like, look at guys, just to let you know, 
if you take any of this money, whether you know it or not, it is stolen property. And in the eyes of the law, you are a perpetrator. You have stolen the money equally. And as and, and then I try to explain to people as a board, as AFLDS board members, you have a fiduciary responsibility. You have to go out there and get that money back. You've got to go find out where the money went and you've got to go out there and get as much of that money as possible because you're responsible for it. So all those individuals who've been taking money from Simone Gold under the the guise of, oh, I'm, I'm AFLDS, they have in their possession stolen property. And now you as a board member, you have to go get it back. Well, I think what I think what they're trying to do is rationalize this in some sort of way that it's a fight between Kevin and um, Simone. This is not I, a fight between I, me. I, I, and that's right. I, I, that, and that's what's happening. And I'm seeing that. And I, think, and I think that's the tactic of the left, the radical left. Just just a couple of weeks. Just I think over the weekend, she um, she said she put out a clip saying something about that guy. She was talking about me. I didn't steal 30 million dollars. Now, I'm not living in a house for four point five million dollars. I didn't misappropriate funds to um, just go around, you know, uh, um, and, and support her J6 activity on a J6 legal um, case, taking all of these people all around the country on ill-gotten gains. I didn't do any of that. And, you know, and I got to tell you, some people in the Patriot Movement, some people in the Medical Freedom Movement, they're saying, oh, something must be wrong with Kevin. No, it's nothing wrong with me. It's something wrong with you. Because one thing I can do is I can read. Comprehension is very, very one of my great skill sets. So if somebody shows me these documents and suggests that this person has done all of this, why was she there at that event? Why was she standing on any stage in America? Why aren't people writing her back and saying, you need to stop and go away? You're disturbing and destroying what we are attempting to do. Why isn't the medical freedom movement standing up? If they can't stand up against that criminal activity, they can't definitely stand up against anything else or they won't have the ability to finish the job that they started. I'm well, talking about people inside the medical freedom movement tomorrow. Why can't we all get along? Are you kidding me? So that means everything that I've done and you've done and all of these mama bears have done, this is what is going to get down. Why can't we just all get along? Well, the thing is this too, is that, I haven't been doing my work and your work and everyone's been in there. Everyone's doing their work for somebody like Simone to come along and, and, and be the figurehead, one of the figureheads, usurp over $30 million, take the wind out of the cell and then go about our way and actually entangle, entangle people unknowingly, many of them possibly in a web of deceit. Cause she's out there throwing the money around. It's like you're throwing around stolen property. And what you don't realize is that you're actually going to be dragging people. Cause let me, this is the thing I've said too. This move movement is so precarious. The medical freedom movement, the Patriot movement, other movements are so precarious in that if you give an opening to the FBI, the CIA, the government, the IRS to have an excuse to come in, audit you, take you down, they're going to take advantage of it. Well, so when I see her doing business with people, sponsorships or this or that, I'm like, oh, Lord, please don't, because you are walking on thin ice. You're setting, she, whether she's doing it on purpose or not, I don't know, but she's setting these people up to possibly be taken down by the apparatus that hates it. Well, listen, look what she's attempting to do now. I, I t- t- I'm telling you, a hubris knows no, no abounds. I mean, she now is attempting to go back to D.C., Yes, I heard. A group of doctors. Yep. And Robert Malone. Robert Malone. I, I got to tell you, if if that happens, if that actually literally happens, right? 
the medical freedom movement is over. Well, let me tell you, I'm going to talk to uh, Robert Malone myself right here now. Uh, Dr. Robert Malone. It's over. It's over. What are you, let me tell you, there's a, there's, and this is a broad sweeping generalization, but generally how you do one thing is how you do everything. And the fact that there is enough information on my Substack alone, and there's other Substacks, there's not just me, who are clearly showing you that Simone Gold is not who she says she is. She's not doing what she's supposed to be doing with the money. And she has stolen people blind. And the fact that we have the likes of Robert Malone ignoring this information and going out there and promoting her makes me completely 110% question his character. It's juicy gossip, isn't it? I mean, I think it's juicy stuff. And they raise excellent points. And Kevin Jenkins is right. It's guilt by association. As long as people continue to surround themselves with Simone Gold and pretend that she's not being investigated and pretend that she hasn't misappropriated funds and just stolen people's money without returning it, if they continue to pretend that that's not happening, aren't they just as guilty? Aren't they in on the con job too? It doesn't matter how many documentaries get made about this. It doesn't matter you know, what they think they're doing for us at this point. Over the course of time, they've shown themselves to be who they really are. They're grifters. They're in it for the attention. Uh, They're in it for any name recognition that they can get. And I think it's disgusting. But again, if they're going to go to Washington, D.C. for another photo op, and Simone Gold's going to be there with other people, anybody surrounding themselves with Simone Gold at this point is is clearly going to be your enemy. Again, all lies are going to be revealed here. That's biblical stuff, and it's continuing to happen. So pay attention again to who is standing next to whom, what are they saying, what are they not saying. And all of this is revealing for a variety of reasons, and it's not an accident. It is a big, big intentional. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, I will catch you on Wednesday. Peace. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.